Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I think this comes at an exciting moment. I think that we are at a moment where T-cell therapies are showing enormous promise, both CAR T-cell therapies and TCR-modified T-cell therapies, but they're not working for most cancers. That is Alexander Marson discussing a paper by Edward Stottmeyer, Carl June, and colleagues. And this is Forum. Welcome to Forum, Episode 4 of Forum, our podcast where we take papers recently published in Nature Biotechnology or elsewhere and then discuss them with leading researchers in the field. I'm with Marcus Elsner, Senior Editor at Nature Biotechnology, for this episode. But because of the global pandemic and COVID-19 and social distancing and the shutdown of New York City where I'm based, this is going to be a little piecemeal. The conversation with Marcus and the researchers coming up but first, let's transition to Marcus and I setting up this paper, okay? Okay. All right, so um, I've, I've read this paper. This is a science paper. Yes. Who's the corresponding author? So the corresponding authors are Edward Stadtmauer and Carl June from uh, the University of Pennsylvania. Carl June's a, a big name in this field. Oh, absolutely. He's been working on... Uh, different kinds of immunotherapies for a very long time. That's a track record of taking uh, approaches to the clinic. Yeah, so he's a very big name in the field. And then what's what's this paper about? So this paper is the first uh, clinical data we're getting um, for uh, CRISPR-Cas uh, edited uh, T-cells. So there have been a lot of papers in preclinical uh, models where people have engineered T-cells to treat various kinds of tumors. But so far, we've been lacking human data. So this is the first uh, human data that has been reported. And so what, what did they do to these cells? What did they knock out? What did they, uh, what they engineer in? Yeah. So um, when you engineer those T-cells, uh, normally you put in uh, an artificial uh, T-cell receptor construct that, uh, that recognizes uh, an antigen on the surface of, uh, of the tumor cells. 
Um, one of the problems or potential problems with that is that the T cells still express their endogenous uh, T cell receptors or the two chains of two chains of the endogenous T cell receptor construct. So there are various problems that can occur, including, for example, mispairing of the endogenous T cell receptor with the uh, uh, T cell receptor uh, genes or proteins that you uh, that you artificially put in. So uh, to avoid that, they uh, they knock out the endogenous T cell receptor genes, uh, both chains of the um, of the endogenous T cell receptor. Uh, in addition to that, they they knock out a protein called PD one that is uh, uh, that is important for uh, mm -hmm. the regulation of T cell function. So it will shut down T cells, uh, lead to T cell exhaustion. Uh, and uh, to avoid that, they knock out the, um, uh, the endogenous uh, uh, PD-1 gene. And is there's there's something else with this paper? Yeah, it's that um, since this is the first time this has been put in clinical trials, there's been this fear that there uh, might be some innate immunity to Cas9 in humans, but that did not show up here. Yes, they didn't see any uh, innate immune reactions uh, to the Cas9. Uh, one has to say uh, that they put in the Cas9 protein. So presumably, uh, the Cas9 protein is actually not present anymore by the time they inject the cells in, into the patients. It's not, uh, that's in contrast to expressing the gene or the, the Cas9 gene uh, from DNA constructs or from, uh, from uh, mRNA. So, but... Uh, uh, but they didn't see any immune reactions to uh, any residual Cas9 that could be present, uh, which is uh, which is comforting. Yeah, that's a big deal, right? Yeah, uh, of course that doesn't mean that if we deliver the uh, the Cas9 in a different way that we won't see um, immune reactions uh, if there are substantial amounts of Cas9 around. Um, yeah, yeah, we just don't know know yet. So who are you talking with? Uh, I'm talking to Alex Marson from the University of California in San Francisco. Okay, so this is a, and what's, what's the title of this paper? It's uh, CRISPR-engineered T-cells in patients with refractory cancer. All right, and that was published in Science at the end of February. Mm -hmm. We will link to that paper in the show notes. That's it. Off you go. So, uh, yeah, Alex, I think the first question uh, I would like to ask is what do you like about the paper? Let me first frame what, what what's exciting. I think that this is something that now we have really clear proof that, that CRISPR-modified cells have gone into humans and have persisted. They don't get immediately cleared. They, they can stick around for long periods of time. So that is the strength of this paper. Mm -hmm. Now, I think one thing that's clear is that you know, and the, the the authors highlight this that the methods that were used for these gene modifications were really locked in place as far back it sounds like as 2016, mm -hmm. and so these the efficiencies in this paper are probably not the maximal of what can uh, we or are not the, the the maximal of what can be now achieved in 2020. So the the efficiencies are probably are not state of the art. Mm -hmm. Nonetheless. They are meaningful. They, there's a, there, there are cells that are edited, and it does appear that even some cells that get a combination of both the, the, the T cell receptor transgene as well as triple knockout of all three genes that are trying to be deleted. Of 
course, there's lots of different combinations of, of genes that of cells that will have subsets of each of those genetic modifications, and those those are quite frequent. So the, the the authors have tried to at least start to piece together the behavior of cells with different combinations of these genetic modifications. This was an ambitious project of of really think making many many modifications at once, right? Mm -hmm. So three different gene deletions plus the gene addition of TCR alpha and beta. So there's a lot of combinations of what can happen. Mm -hmm. um, I think in some ways the the the, the team seemed to really push the limits of what was what was conceivable to lay the groundwork for future multiplexing efforts. The the downside is that there is is certainly a lot of complexity in the the cell products that went into these patients and probably still some further work to tease out exactly the behavior of cells with each different possible gene gene editing consequence. With today's technology, uh, what kind of ed editing efficiencies could we expect in T cells? I think here they see between, depending on the gene, between 15 and 45 percent editing efficiency. Um, how far have you push pushed it in the meantime? Yeah, I think I think we and many others are now seeing that for our best guide RNAs after optimization, we're we're not surprised if we can get up to 90 to 100 percent mm -hmm. deletion of a gene product. So I, I think that the, the field has, has, has come to expect even higher, I mean, remarkably high levels of gene efficiency for genes that are optimized. And that is also after uh, RNP delivery? Yeah, yeah, RNP delivery, which is which is what the, the authors use here. So yeah. to be clear, this is electroporating in recombinant Cas9 protein with a guide RNA. Um, the guide RNA production is another thing that's been further optimized mm -hmm. beyond the, the methods, and now there's a bunch of chemically synthesized guide RNAs that are available that seem to have potential benefits over the, the guide RNAs uh, synthesis. I, my, my understanding is that these guide RNAs were in vitro transcribed, mm -hmm. and so I think that there continues to be further optimizations around the manufacturing and delivery of these RMPs. It's something we and others are continuing to work on to make these more efficient and better tolerated by, by the cells that are the target. I think one, one other thing that people tend to be worried about uh, uh, with uh, CRISPR-based or Cas9-based therapies is uh, potential immunogenicity of uh, the bacterial Cas9 protein. Um, did that turn out to be a problem here? No, I think that that's one of the things that's, that's really worth noticing in this paper. The biggest concern was that these cells wouldn't persist, that the immune system would recognize them as foreign and clear them. And if anything, that, that seems like it's, it's, it doesn't seem to be the case, and perhaps these cells even lasted longer than some historical controls. The reason for that, I think, is still a little bit obscure. But the the, the key takeaway that I think I know, that I and I, I think the field will take broad notice of, is that CRISPR modified T cells persisted for months in in human patients, and uh, and that really is, is is strong evidence that they're not that, that that CRISPR itself does not lead to immediate immune rejection. People have wor have have noticed that Cas9 itself can be the target of pre-existing immunity, either with antibodies uh, or with T-cells, uh, humoral or cell-based immunity. Um, and although they, the authors do note that these patients did seem to have some evidence for pre-existing 
immunity against Cas9, it seems like the key point is that by the time the the cells are reinfused back into patients, Cas9 is 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 basically undetectable by the methods that the authors use, and it seems functionally undetectable by the immune system, does not lead to immune clearance immediately. So this really sets the stage for thinking that Cas9 will not be strongly immunogenic if, if it's delivered in this ex vivo format with, with RNPs, with the idea that the protein is, is gone by the time that the cells go back in. So that's an important important thing to, to, to highlight, that was really this particular mode of delivery seems to deliver the Cas9 in a, in a way that's effective for gene editing, but does not sell, set the cells up for immune rejection. And I think that that will be uh, something that's highly cited as future applications move towards clinical trials. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I mean, that might be really different if you um, deliver Cas9 um, as mRNA or um, as a DNA-based vector, I guess. I think we will still need to wait for clinical data on that. I, I, uh, uh, Marcus, I completely agree with you. I think that this needs to be seen very much in the mode of, you know, this, this, this is, tells us something about how Cas9 uh, avoids uh, detection in this particular mode of delivery, and I think that that will need to be evaluated for each each application. But there's a lot that can be done in, in human T cells with RNPs, and I think that this this opens the door to, to, to future applications. Another thing that is, is frequently mentioned as a potential pitfall in the application of genome editing in patients are off-target effects. Um, so what? What do the uh, authors observe in terms of off-target effects in this paper? This is a really interesting part of this paper. Here, the authors do notice various unintended gene editing consequences, and those come in at least two different flavors. One is the off-targets, and the second is the translocations. So looking at them each in, in, in separately, 
first, in terms of off-targets, the authors notice that predominantly there's a, there is a, a high degree of specificity, but it's not perfect. And there are some off-targets that are noticed, including potentially some genes that are not expressed in T-cells. And the, the authors notice them and basically argue that, that some small amount of off-targets won't inherently cause dysfunction of the cells or, 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 or pathological effects. And so the off-targets are noted, minimized, but not, not uh, brought down to zero. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the cells functionally didn't seem to uh, persist and, and not be toxic in the, in the, cell, in the patients. So that's, uh, I think, in some ways will set the standard for carefully assessing off-targets and looking at that in the context of a greater risk-benefit analysis. I think the other thing that's striking, and this is, I think, not totally surprising, but, you know, they, the authors are generating a complex cell product here. I think that and they're introducing multiple double-stranded breaks in these cells at the same time. So there's three different guide RNAs. Um, in fact, one of the guide RNAs, this is a little bit of a subtlety, that the, the one that recognizes the beta component of the TCR, TCR beta, actually cuts in two places in the genome because there's TCR beta 1 and TCR beta 2 that are near each other. And so there's actually at least four on-target uh, sites of the genome that are being cut. And it's not totally surprising that when you have multiple double-stranded breaks in the genome, the cells will have various combinations of how those breaks are repaired, including local non-homologous end-joining, but also end-joining of all the various double-stranded breaks that leads to translocation. Mm -hmm. And so that, that can happen in a variety of different combinations, causing translocations between the on-targets uh, and also potentially translocations with off-targets is, is something that could happen. So all of that is is monitored uh, with and um, and again even with the translocations the 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 risk benefit was thought that the, that it was reasonable to try to treat these uh, refractory uh, cancer cases. I think that this is something that will need to be carefully considered on a patient by patient and trial by trial basis of where the risks of each each type of translocation. Will will fall relative to the potential potential benefits to patients. Just to be clear, uh, uh, no, uh, none of the translocations that they observed um, lead to any outgrowth of specific cell clones. I mean, in, in fact, I think they disappear over time, right? Or they at least reduce yeah, they, the percentage. They, they either persist or, or 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 reduce and don't seem to cause a functional outgrowth. And I think that that's you know that's an important point that that many translocations will just be toxic to the cells and cause them to die off and actually be selected against. Mm -hmm. Of course, the ones we're worried about are the ones that that don't do that. And I think that that just needs to be carefully watched on a case by case basis, depending on which where we're introducing double stranded breaks. But I think that you know that that it, it, this definitely points out that the translocations then inherently won't cause don't necessarily cause problems it's it's the specifics of which translocations would form and that will need to be watched one potential um, safety feature that uh, researchers have suggested could be incorporated in those engineered T cells are um, 
things like suicide gen uh, genes that if something goes wrong, um, you see outgrowth or activity against uh, non-cancerous tissues uh, that you could kill the T cell population that you have entered. Do you think that's something that will will gain traction in the uh, in the T cell therapy field, or is that just adds or does that just add another complication that might not be worthwhile adding? I think it will, and I think that especially as we as we as a field push towards more and more complicated edits that we want to put into cells, I think it's something that we will all be thinking about, about how do we balance that against the opportunity to put in safety switches. Now, there's complexities to it. Suicide switches re require a gene addition. And so that could either be done with viral transgene or potentially knocking something in. That requires some further technological features. So for example here, only if about five to 10% of these cells actually get a transgene, the, the, the NYE, so TCR. So there will be many genes that could potentially have in CRISPR knockouts without the viral gene addition. And so if, if, the, if, the, if the suicide switch were put in through the transgene, it wouldn't necessarily guarantee that every CRISPR knockout cell has that suicide switch. So we have to think about how suicide switches can be put in to really maximize the number of gene-modified cells that have that suicide switch. And that requires some ongoing engineering and, and, and I think tools that are coming out, including some of the things that we're working on, on improved ability to use CRISPR to not only knock out genes but knock in genes, may open up the possibility for more sophisticated uh, safety switches uh, built in, into the cell products that are engineered. One last thing I would like to discuss is efficacy. Yeah. Uh, so, so how did the patients benefit in this case, and um, how, how, do, how can we expect maybe to, uh, the field to pr progress upon what has been achieved in this paper? I think it really cannot be overstated how important it is to interpret this in the context of being a phase one trial. Yes. Mm -hmm. We really can't say anything about efficacy. Mm -hmm. This trial, is the point of this was really to show safety. Mm -hmm. And I think that although the efficiencies were low and the safety will need to still be evaluated as efficiencies go higher and with new, new technologies, I think that this clearly is a point in favor of safety, that CRISPR cells can be safe in the right context. Efficacy, I think we need to really be careful. We do not have any kind of statistics to say anything about efficacy. Yeah. And it's clear that, 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 that we, we still see progression even in the presence of these, of these products. So it's not, it was not a, it's not a silver bullet um, and further work needs to be done. And I think every component of this is now potentially modular. Right, I think that now we have to think about, well, what are the either T-cell receptors or CARs that are going to be the best for antigen recognition? Maybe NYESO is not the right um, T-cell receptor. Maybe it's, you know, it was really chosen for its potential safety and to minimize the risk of, of cytokine release syndrome that's been seen more with CAR therapies. So will, the, will safety continue to be the same as we move to more effective antigens? We don't know, but we, we, those trials will need to be done. And also we'll need to think about, you know, so what's the right antigen specificity and what are the right genes to knock out? Is PD-1 ultimately going to be the right target or can we think about other things that would delete, that would actually be even more important to drive long-term persistence, trafficking, and function of 
T cells with anti-cancer activity. So I think that there's a lot of work to be done to figure out where the efficacy will lie. But I think that this is, again, the landmark nature of this trial comes from it, it, what it teaches us about the safety of, of this particular uh, cell therapy product and opens the door to future CRISPR-modified cell products. I think this comes at an exciting moment. I think that we are at a moment where T-cell therapies are showing enormous promise, both CAR T-cell therapies and TCR-modified T-cell therapies, but they're not working for most cancers. And so I think many of us in the field are, are really actively looking for ways to make these T-cell therapies better and this trial opens the door to really having a powerful ally in the form of CRISPR mm -hmm. to work with us and think about how we can make genome modifications that will make T-cell therapies better for cancer and eventually for other types of human diseases as well. Yeah, then thank you very much. I think that's all the questions I had. Thanks so much. Thank you, Alexander Marson, for your help in putting together episode four of Forum. The paper is published in Science. I have linked to that in our show notes. Click on that link and it'll take you to the paper in Science. This podcast, Forum, you can subscribe to it wherever you find your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, wherever. Search the terms Nature Biotech and Forum and you'll find us. Thank you to the Midwest Quiet for use of your music in this podcast. Also, we use it in First Rounders. We've been using it in First Rounders for many, many years. If you'd like to discuss this podcast, if you'd like to discuss First Rounders, if you'd like to discuss nature biotechnology or anything that we do, you can find us on Twitter. Our handle is at Nature Biotech. You can follow us there. And yeah, episode five of Forum, I'm working on it now, actually. Um, that's coming soon. Until then. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.